Wide out split to the near side. Alante Brown goes left. Thompson gets a snap, gives it off, or fakes a handoff, throws it over the middle, pass, caught, touchdown, Nebraska. Travis Vukalek comes back to his initial school out of college and gets his first touchdown of the year. And his first touchdown is a Husker. Like the uh, pop pass there. And the Nickelback. I was like, we really going Nickelback here? Of course. Well, uh, they're not from New Jersey. No, but uh, Charlie on the stream said, Robbie listens to Nickelback on commercial breaks. Does I he? don't know. So I thought I'd bring us back to some Nickelback. <laughs> Listen. Oh, you got your backwards hat on. I yes, don't know. everyone who wears a backwards hat loves Nickelback. That's what I've always thought. No, I uh, listen. If you're gonna hit me with bad ba- band slander, I'm a Creed guy. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, I will ride with Creed till I die. Chance, we're coming back with Creed next break. So All right, I'll queue it up. <laughs> if Excellent. I could get some my sacrifice, that'd be terrific. The, I can do that. The, the Travis Vocalite <laughs> touchdown. Uh, came off of Nebraska's first drive of the third quarter in which they went nine plays, 70 yards, and four minutes. Uh, set the tone for the for the second half, that's for sure. Defense did its job. In the second half, the defense forced a punt, an interception, another punt, another interception, another punt, and another interception. And those were Rutgers' drives in the second half. That's good. Yes, second that's, half team. That's much better. Uh, got a tweet here that I wanted to get to before we get back to the phone. This is going to make some people like really triggered, I think. From Seth, who says, uh, hey, can't get on the phone line. Sorry, keep trying. Oh. But how crazy is it to think that with the current iteration of the coaching staff that Nebraska would probably be 5-1 and one right now with losing to Oklahoma, giving them the loss to Oklahoma? That makes me like really angry. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, it puts in really harsh perspective how incompetent Scott Frost was. That's, I mean, look, that's we, the takeaway here. We talked about it a little bit earlier, but that that is the takeaway from what they've done over the last couple of games. Because what we have seen over the last couple of weeks is not special, right? It's it's a bare minimum level of competence mm-hmm. with the coaching staff putting guys in positions to be as successful as they can be. There just hasn't been, outside of the games themselves, like being weird because Nebraska played Indiana and Nebraska played Rutgers and they were weird, sloppy games, right? There wasn't any real, like, WTF moments. No. They had to, like, hey, why why did that guy try to try to <laughs> recover a punt? Uh, um, why, why did we onside kick up 11? Yeah, I mean, there's been a couple fair catches inside the five-yard line, you know. That maybe you don't love. That's tough to get out, tough to get out of the system, I suppose. But, yeah, I mean, that is, that is, that's a takeaway that I think we both have. And um, It's really frustrating. It's like, a when you put it When you put it in that type of a context, because, yeah, they almost certainly beat Georgia Southern. Because the defense doesn't look like it did. I can't believe that game plan. Yeah, And they most likely beat Northwestern because we've seen how bad Northwestern is. Well, they probably is. just don't onside kick. Which changes the game, and mm-hmm. we're done. We have a W. Let's go home from Ireland. Yeah, Still that, can't believe they It makes kick. it so frustrating to put it in that context because it's right. It's accurate. Uh, Husker fan of Dallas says, 5-1, and one, I'm not entirely convinced that Nebraska loses a rematch to Oklahoma. Yeah. I no, they I think Oklahoma. Yeah, I think Oklahoma gets them beats still. them every time. But yeah, that's like a I tough pill Oklahoma to hasn't played great the last couple of weeks, but yeah, I, I think Oklahoma gets them anyway. Back to the phones, Les Hills Harley Davidson Hotline here on Big Red Overreaction, which is brought to you by Equitable Bank. We take banking personally. We have Wade on the line. Hey Wade, what's going on? Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. Good. Thanks for taking my call. Um I called you 
guys a few weeks ago. Um, I'm a three-time cancer survivor. Oh, you're my Georgia Southern guy. Yeah, yeah. Called you after that, and uh, I've been listening to the show tonight, and I'm a little confused because I thought we won the game. Yeah, we did. Yeah. We are, do we not seem happy? Well, no, not you, not you guys. Some oh, okay. of the callers. I say we're very happy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm excited you know, to be here. Oh, if we didn't get that penalty, we would have lost uh, because we're not built that way. Look, so I'm seriously close to going off the handle and. I don't want any FCC violations. No, we don't want that <laughs> we either. We don't want we... that either. <laughs> but the fact is, my human body wasn't built to survive cancer three times either. But I found a way. Nebraska found a way to win. Something they haven't been able to do for the past four years. So I don't want to hear any more negative calls, any more BS about uh, this and that, and I know you're drinking the Kool-Aid on Mickey Joseph, and blah, 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 blah. I, I will hunt you down and kill you. Too far away. No threats. Too far away. We were so close. <laughs> Come on, Wade. <laughs> <sighs> Damn it, Wade. <laughs> what the hell? This is uh, what happens <laughs> where you have bigger overreaction I wonder, after night games. I wonder if Wade knows that he's famous. That went viral, you know. It did, like super viral. Like extreme viral. Like nationally. I'm, he might go viral again. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure what's going to happen. Watch out for Wade. Be careful when you call into the show. I, I will find you. <laughs> And I will kill you. I'm crying. <laughs> I did not took, see it going it just that turned way. up to 10. It did. It was like just cruising along and then 12. Come on, Wade. All right, next up <laughs> is Joel on Big Red Overreaction. Hi, Joel. Hi, guys. Hey, Joel. What's up, Joel? Hey, all right. So a couple things. I've been waiting on hold for a really long time. Yes, you have. Thank you, Joel. to get through. A lot of busy signals. Yeah, it's But I'm going to go way tricky. back. I'm sorry? Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Okay, yes. I'm going to go way back to the dude that was complaining about the play calling. And I don't want to be a jerk here, but I don't want to hear that BS, all right? Uh, we got to win. You want to complain about the play calling? Complain in a loss, all right? At the end of the day, this is a Big Ten win on the road on a Friday. So I'll take a conference win on the road any day of the week. I'm with you. On a Friday, I'll take it, and I'll think about it later on during naughty time. <laughs> <laughs> now, you want to add on to that. I'm glad you like that. You want to add on to that, that we have lost 10 in a row by one score. Okay. Took us 11 tries. We finally got a one-score win. All right. And so that's item number one. Item number two is y'all were talking earlier about uh, confidence, and in Mickey and all this good stuff, absolutely, 100% agree with that. These young men have confidence right now in themselves. They have confidence right now in their head coach. That's the type of thing that in college football can result in one, two, maybe even three wins where you didn't think you were going to get them. 
And right now that's where I'm at because we're 3-3. Three and three. Regardless of what happens tomorrow, we're tied for number one in the Big Ten West. And after Georgia Southern, I didn't think we were going to win another game. Yep. And now the only guaranteed loss on this rest of this schedule, to me, is Michigan. So absolutely, Mickey Joseph, 2023, that's it for me. Thank you very much. Have a nice night. Thank you, Joel. Appreciate it. Have fun with whatever else happens this evening. Appreciate the glimpse into your personal life. <laughs> Are uh, Wade and Joel like roommates? Or... <laughs> Nobody wants to hear any more BS. That's what we've learned. No more BS. No more BS. <laughs> Oh no! You don't apologize for two and one in the Big Ten. No, absolutely not. You, I don't care who you beat and where you beat them, what day of the week you, remember, you beat them. What was it? Twenty nineteen when Minnesota got off to that really hot start, but they like limped oh, yeah. through their first like six games of the season. They, before were beating, they... they were beating nobodies by less than a touchdown. Yeah, through their first and like six games. They of weren't the year. apologizing to anyone. W's are W's, folks. This is the thing that Nebraska's. I mean that Scott Frost begged for and you know and and the the missing piece of it is nebraska has now gone out and grabbed these two games yep right scott frost would always sort of approach it from the perspective of we just need something good to happen to us and these guys need confidence and and that's all true they need confidence and they need things to Good you things have to, to ha- make the they, good things happen you got to go get them and they, that's how sports work you don't good things don't just happen to you you have to go make the good things happen. They've grabbed two games in a row. And and in this specific case, it's it's really, you know, it warms your heart, I think, from what you've seen over the last four years. Because like we said right at the top of the show, Robbie, I mean, Rutgers was the team that shot itself in the foot tonight. Yep. And Nebraska, you know, that could have been a game where they just repeatedly shot themselves in the foot back and forth and back and forth. And historically, over the last four years, Nebraska was going to have the gun last. And in the first half, Nebraska did that. They exchanged mistakes with Rutgers and found themselves down a couple scores. The defense kept them in. They stepped up. And then Casey found... Found Trey Palmer in the back of the end zone. And made they made one more play, and sometimes that's that's all it takes. Yeah, instead of making one more mistake, they went out and made one more play, which we have not seen. Uh, let's go to Dimitri on the Les Hills Harley Davidson Hotline. Hey, Dimitri. Hey guys, how you doing tonight? Good. Hey, uh, I'm just happy that uh, you guys are finally saying that Coach Scott Frost actually was a bad coach. I've been saying that for five years. And finally, it's good to hear people say it on the air. And uh, and I guess an example is, you know, we're talking about winning. And today we saw a coach actually perform well because he used time management well near the end, you know, with the, uh, with the clock management and stuff like that. Where beforehand, if we ask Scott Frost, we can guarantee a loss because something dumb would happen. He'd call something dumb. Yeah. Uh, and that's the big thing there. And number two, I like the fact that we did good good adjustments, second half adjustments, you know, the defense, especially in the second half, and the offense to an extent. And uh, normally, you know, I would hear, you know, last year we would be talking about what happened to the adjustments, you know, why are we still playing the same way? And you got to admit that's true because we saw some good adjustments, especially from the defense, the way they played, what, 260 yards first half, less than 100 second half? Am I Am I right there? Uh, I'll, there? I'll look it up half by half, but for the game, they only gave up uh, 348 total and 115 on the ground. Yeah, and I think three, 
uh, I think the, the TV was saying 260 was the first half and the rest was the second half. Yeah. Uh, so that was great. Uh, the only thing that gets me is uh, I noticed the players now aren't thinking about what they're doing. They're reacting. And I was always taught that you react. Uh, and when you have to think about what you're doing, that's when you've already lost. You know, am I, am I correcting that assumption or am I wrong? Oh, I think yeah. so. I mean, Bill Bush talked about it this week, and, and, you know, he was talking about last week's game, but one of the things that they did and, and that they were really proud of and that put them in a good position was it was as simple as they got lined up. They, they got lined up. They had their cleats in the ground before the play started, so that way when the play started, they could just react to whatever they were seeing instead of thinking about what position they have to be yeah. in. You know, it, that's, only- that's, that's, it's fundamental, but it's what they did. Yeah. And the only thing that worries me, though, is the offensive line. I think we still have problems in the offensive line. Too many, uh, too many times, too many uh, players unblocked, getting to our quarterback, flushing them out, making them, you know, uh, quick passes, things of that nature. You know, maybe some dumb mistakes there. But the thing is, what kind of blocking scheme are we using for the offensive line? Are we doing man-to-man zone gap? What what? What is so difficult that we seem to be having such a hard time with the offensive line? Yeah. That's the one thing that worries me. Yeah. Thanks for the call, Dimitri. Appreciate it. I mean, look, like we said, there's a philosophical difference between what the offensive line coach was hired to do and what the offensive coordinator has done his entire career. There, there's so many different things that have been going through their heads over the last four years. And, and then. Which, again, he, it goes to the overthinking thing that he was just talking about with the defense. Yep. That problem still exists on the offensive line. You routinely see communication there. I mean, when when guys are turned around looking at the quarterback as that quarterback is being sacked, and that didn't happen much tonight. Le- it, it, certainly less, yeah. It didn't happen. They only had one sack. There was quite there a was bit of pressure. There was a bunch but, of pressure, but yeah. there wasn't a lot of like, oh, I was supposed to block that guy, and he ran free at my quarterback, and he got barreled over. There there was only really one of those, Yeah, I think, tonight. And, you know, that really can't happen during a game. But communication errors like i said I, I, i'm i'm encouraged and i don't know that if i would have been able to say this a couple weeks ago but i do think there is sort of like a baseline level um to build off of now like a fundamental level and a and a, and a foundation of competency to build yeah. off of competency and that that goes for the offensive line too i don't know what what it's going to turn into but as we've talked about and we got a couple emails about this when we talked about it before <laughs> we got talent corcoran is a borderline five star yeah, out of high school, you yeah. know, and and just y- you see him turn around looking at guys, Ben Hart, and and they got a transfer in Hunter Anthony, and they've who's you know, played a lot of football. They're moving guys, you know, in and out on the interior offensive line as well. They're they're not afraid to sort of pull the trigger now, and and guys making mistakes, and I think they were really um, okay with guys playing through that stuff earlier, and yeah, you're seeing guys rotate in there th- now. I mean, I don't know. It's just a it's it's a even though I don't think the offensive line is very good and they certainly didn't play very well tonight there is some positive things that I think you can pull out of it I don't know how good this offense I don't think this offense as a whole yeah I don't is think going the to be very, very high yes yeah. yeah. I don't think it's a real high ceiling on this offense especially the offensive line uh, I think the offensive line is a pretty major limiting factor I think the lack of a consistent secondary receiver after Trey Palmer is a pretty Hurts. limiting factor yep but the fact that you at least have some level of confidence that either you're going to have generally competent football, and when you don't, they will bounce back from those mistakes instead of letting those mistakes take over their entire game. 
is a massive improvement. Uh, one more before we take a break, and we'll still get to everybody else. 402-951-1620 here on Big Red Overreaction. Connor Happer, Ravi Lula with you after Nebraska's 14-13 win over Rutgers on the road. Their first Big Ten road win since 2020. Uh, you were doing a math on one thing. Yeah, so that's their first back-to-back Big Ten wins since the end of 2018 when they beat Illinois and Michigan State um, in the second and third to last games of the season. The infancy of the Scott Frost era. When things were actually going yeah, well when, in Scott Frost era. Yeah, it was the end of the first season of Frost when people were a little bit positive about, hey, yes, we started 0-6, which definitely should have been a red flag. But, <laughs> but Hindsight, Robbie. <laughs> but it was the end of that season where things had kind of turned around and you're like, oh, they're starting to play some good football. That's the last time Nebraska has won back-to-back Big Ten games. Records are falling. Uh, Hobbs is on Big Red Overreaction. Hey, Hobbs, what's up? Hey guys, so I know it's Rutgers, but why I'm encouraged and why I think it's a very important win, um, it's not like Shiano just rolled out of bed. I mean, Shiano's a very accomplished coach with a lot of pro experience. He was in the running for the Tennessee job. Um, and, you know, regardless of him calling three timeouts in succession, which is something I've never seen before, but his, doll, his defense is really salty. And if you looked at Rutgers before him and look at him now, it's it's a very competent defensive team. Um, whenever whenever you block a punt, it was a ninety percent chance you lose the game. Uh, whenever you have yep. a pump, pump, that's what Bush said we this just, week. Yeah, we we just won that game um, after four and a half years of what we just witnessed: the Michigan State punt, the Michigan fumble, uh, the the block punt versus Iowa. Um, we 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 came, we persevered through that. Um, the adjustments that we made, even the small things that. I mean, even somebody who's a novice like myself can notice the adjusting of the snap count in the second half. Um, because if you remember in the second quarter, those Rutgers defensive ends were just timing that thing up perfectly and getting around both of those tackles. Yeah, good point out. Pretty, yeah. pretty easily. Um, taking players out, holding them accountable, and not playing your favorites, which was something that clearly went on down there for the last four and a half years. Calling screens and dump offs um, to your running back to help take the pressure off of that pass rush. Um, they, they, these are all the things I noticed. Toughness and, be, uh, the toughness and is now being seen in the forms of wins, uh, regardless of how impressive the opponent is, instead of being shown in the form of coming back the next week after a heartbreaking loss. Like, I want to see that instead. The, the next man up, Blaze Gunnerson, uh, number 5, 24. Like, I'm starting to have my belief, uh, my, my beliefs be reaffirmed that you can actually play players um, who maybe might be second or third team and they may be able to contribute, you know, and being punched in the mouth um, and, and coming back in a game and not the next week like we saw all of last year. Like, those are the things that are all a referendum on how horrible Scott Frost was at managing a game and a program. And so yeah, I, I don't want to jump the gun because at the end of the day, it is still Rutgers. And it is still Indiana. However, we're starting to look like a normal Big Ten team, middle of the pack. And if we can get a couple pieces here and there, who knows what we can do. So I'm encouraged, man. And I can't wait to see them next week against Purdue because the challenge appears to be getting tougher and tougher each week from here on out. Well said, Hobbs. Appreciate it. Um, thanks for the call. You can do the same, 402-951-1620. into Big Red Overreaction, which is brought to you by Coors Light, keeping Nebraska chill. Yep, it's going to keep stepping up from here, and Nebraska is ready for um, a bigger challenge in eight days against Purdue.
Uh, hang on the line. Katie, Jared, Matthew, and more of your calls next on Big Red Overreaction on 1620 The Zone and 1019 The Keg.